man, that movie took a turn. <laughs> uh, which part took a turn? Uh, God, the whole thing. We were just cruising along <laughs> in this like low stakes, uh, hilarious fucking like what is this early '80s horror? And all of a sudden, these religious overtones and strained father daughter relationships. It got just real serious at the end and kind of dark. It gets really dark at the end. Um, and really shocking. I like. I think the biggest turn in this movie is the fact that it's called Night of the Demons and it's a movie about fucking Bigfoot. Yeah, <laughs> that's a great point. <laughs> that to me is the turn of this whole fucking thing. Yeah. Uh, well, there's a connection. They try to make a connection to to being a demon. Um, they, you know, they gave it a shot. I, it's very strange, though. I agree. I don't know why this movie couldn't have just been called like <laughs> Attack of the Sasquatch or Revenge of the Bigfoot or. I don't yeah, it, know. it it definitely should have been. So <laughs> if you're tuning in, uh, this is Bad Movies and Beer. Yeah, I'm Cooper. I'm Nolan. You sure are. And we are discussing Night of the Demon. A movie about fucking Bigfoot? Yeah, but but de- but he's a demon, I guess. I don't know, man. This is uh this was a request, an audience request from uh, one of our Instagram followers, Joseph on Instagram. We appreciate you, Joseph. Uh I'm not going to say the whole thing. Joseph. <laughs> Thank you, Joseph. We appreciate the uh the request. Uh so jo- Joseph threw out a movie that uh definitely deserves to be on our podcast. Oh, it's terrible. And uh, this was apparently heavily censored in England. It's one of the movies that got the uh, the rating of Video Nasty, which is just hilarious to me. <laughs> Can you explain Video Nasty to me? Yeah, it's basically like their version of, I don't know if it's their version of an X rating or like their version of an R, but it's like a, a certain group of movies just got labeled Video Nasty as in like not fit for like human consumption, essentially. <laughs> and yeah. why would this one be a not fit for human consumption? Oh, probably because the religious overtones. The British, you oh, know, are, are okay. sort of legendary for, um, how do I put this nicely? Propriety, I guess. And there's a lot of improper things about this movie. Oh, so those things put it over the edge. Okay. Yeah, so this is uh, going to be quite a ride. And uh, the beer we are enjoying, because we always enjoy a beer when we review these movies. Tonight, we are uh, drinking what? Night Marzen. Okay. So this is an amber lager, so you're going to really enjoy this one. And this is from Bowes Brewery. They're kind of uh, about an hour outside of Ottawa, Ontario. They're a pretty cool place. They've taken over an old factory and farm. I think they actually used to make garments at the place where they do it. I went and visited it not too long ago. Um, And they've been putting out great craft beer almost sort of since the start of the craft beer revolution in Canada and Ontario for sure. So uh, definitely check out some Bowes beers. And we're going to let you know how Night Marzen is at the end of the podcast. Yeah, their their lug tread is a beer that I know you have enjoyed for years. One of the first time I remember you talk, talking about with me in terms of craft beer. Yeah, oh yeah, that one is sort of a staple or an early staple of um, like craft lager, right? Like that was one of the yeah. very first. Yeah, just jumped into it right there. That yeah, I know, I know. I just sort of jumped it a little it's bit. Okay. I really someone's excited. This, so. I'm gonna open mine right now though. So we open on an IV drip, and we've got some doctors talking about a patient who's been under heavy sedation. It turns out he's got half of his face burned off, and that character is Professor Nugent, uh, who took his class on a trip, and it has gone horribly wrong. Yes, uh, straight into horror storytelling. This movie is very much sort of a reflection on events that have happened, so 
the whole thing is a storytelling and we go back and sort of see the events and throughout that there are several more going back in time and seeing events yeah but this is the thing it's the professor with the half a face that is uh telling these stories he's speaking awfully well for someone with no bottom half of his face and also he is not at all speaking in any sort of uh, way that would convey the type of emotion you'd expect for someone who's been through this type of horrible trauma oh yes i want to tell him i want to tell everyone what's going on in that forest He's fucking deadpan. Yeah. <laughs> what is happening? If this guy has gone through a traumatic situation, why is he not emotional at all? And then you've got doctors around him and an investigator who are all delivering just such wooden lines. You can't believe it. I think the doctor is the same one who's at the start of all of those sort of 50s videos telling you uh, <laughs> about how to, <laughs> important it is to brush your teeth and how we need to be aware <laughs> yeah. of the atomic threat. I, <laughs> Holy crap. I can see that for sure, man. Yeah, these guys are... If they're professional actors, I think professional is a very generous term. Anyway, Professor Nugent says that the rumors are true. There's a demon in the forest. And uh, he's going to start at the beginning. There's a fisherman who was brutally murdered. And that fisherman's daughter came to the professor as anthropology class when they were going to take another trip into the same forest where her father was killed. We immediately flash back to that fisherman in the forest. He's attaching a lure to a fishing line. And this is the first instance in the movie where we get what I call the creature view. Okay, I called it the Squatch Cam. Okay, yeah. <laughs> and this is sort of a red outline uh, around a camera with a like clear circular center. Yeah, it's, it's like clear. they took a piece of red cellophane and like cut a hole in it. And then they put it over the camera lens. So there's like a hole in the middle where everything looks normal. And there's this red kind of like, yeah, circle around it. Yeah, you described it kind of as the poor man's predator vision. Oh my god, it's the homeless man's predator vision. Are you kidding? Yeah, me? <laughs> and terrible. I kind of, I kind of agree with that. It's really, really poorly done. So not only is the the visual effects incredibly like low budget, the sound effects are just absurd. <laughs> so what happens every time we get a, a flashback or an encounter with our demon slash Bigfoot in this movie? Whenever he's about to show up, we get this like ridiculous kind of early ambient synth with just like i don't know man like it's it's so metallic it sounds like to me almost like a theremin and someone trying to create what i would consider science fiction sounds like it goes into almost space sounds i'm picturing sort of like 2001 a space odyssey type stuff um every time this creature shows up so it shows up as this fisherman sort of getting his tackle ready <laughs> yeah man and the the fisherman turns around sees it stands up uh, for some reason, reaches out as if to, like, shake the Sasquatch's hand. Yeah, he's trying to greet it. He says, hey, I'm a man of nature. I'd like to meet this hairy fellow. That goes terribly. Uh, <laughs> the creature grabs his arm, and we cut away to, a, like, a shot of silhouettes on the side of a tent. Now, the creature rips the guy's arm off, but really what happens is the creature's holding the arm, and all of a sudden, the body just, like, drops down out of the frame. He doesn't actually pull it away from the guy. It's just, like, disconnects on its own. Oh, it's it's really it's really well done. Oh my um, god, it's not. <laughs> and and you get this scene of the fisherman sort of like stumbling away as the you get the blood spurt kind of on the camera view and then blood spurting out of the wound of the arm that's been torn off. Um, yeah. Well, no, but he falls on the ground and then we see like there isn't blood squirting out of the wound because of what I can only assume is budget and effects limitations. He lands in the ground and then like 
blood starts flowing out from the ground, like the bottom of the wound. None of it's coming out from the top or like 99% of the wound. It's all coming out from underneath yeah. him because that's it is how mostly, I guess he's pumping it It is out. mostly billowing from under him. I was shocked that the, the arm getting torn off killed him like immediately. Like I thought there was going to be like, I, I think you can survive losing an arm. Like, for I a don't while, know. for longer I'm than the sure. five seconds yeah. it took for him to drop. So, so he's doubted out after that. This is a common theme in this movie. When Sasquatch does something to you, you are dead almost immediately. Like, there's there's very little time between whatever harm is caused to you and <laughs> your death. Um, but then we have that sort of blood pouring out in that cheap way, and it sort of bleeds into the credits, right? Yep, we get the titles, and then we immediately cut to a lady pulling up in a car to the kind of music that you hear in like health and safety training videos. <laughs> just so much pan flute. It was just a yeah. ton of pan flute, right? Really hard pan flute. Um, the cars and the outfits and everything date this late 70s, early 80s, like so hard. Dude, the next thing I've written down is there's a man here to meet her and just what a shirt on this guy. Like, yeah, the, the, the way they're dressed at this oh time my. and the stripes in the shirts are something that probably should come back again. Yeah, that's the professor, uh, Professor Nugent, and he shows grainy camera footage of a family who seemed to get startled by a huge, hairy creature. Turns out those people were never found again. Officially, this has been declared a hoax, but now the fisherman. So now there's two instances of this. He introduces uh, this daughter to his class. A little sidebar here. During this scene, we get a closer shot of Dr. Nugent, the professor, and he has got such a dirty mustache. Like, this dude <laughs> looks like a prof- the kind of professor who only sleeps with his students. He's a perv-fester. Oh, seriously, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, yeah, it, it is funny because that almost comes up as a storyline a little bit in here. Not that he tries to sleep with any students, but his wife doesn't want him to go on this field trip to find Bigfoot because she's worried he's going to try to get with some co-eds. Well, she has eyes. She can see what his mustache looks like. Like, she knows. This is like... She knows that's sort of where he's going to go. What I found funny about it was they keep talking about him being the old professor and like all of the kids are supposed to be young but they're all the same age like the guy playing the professor might be three years older than all of the students in the class and they keep talking like the mustache is aging him but i think that's because it's not his fault like he is a pro professor age it's because the students are much older than they should be yeah Yeah, they definitely don't look like university students no students so this this lady the fisherman's daughter uh, explains to the class there have actually been many similar events, and they've all been decried as hoaxes after the fact. We get the impression of some kind of possible conspiracy uh, happening here. And one such case, and this is, I love this because every time anyone talks about a case, we get the flashback scene to like the brutal murder, and they're all hilarious. Yeah, this is this is sort of a theme running in here. The flashbacks are really, really funny. I mean, the whole thing is a flashback. But the flashbacks within a flashback are hilariously done. These are all, as we learn going through, going to be Bigfoot murders. Uh, Before we get into this one, I have a question. Is Bigfoot violent? Uh, I've never heard tell of like legitimate Bigfoot attacks. People who have like claimed to have seen Bigfoot, they always just kind of see it walking through the woods like slowly, yeah. and then it just. Leaves. I have never heard of Bigfoot trying to murder people. So this one kind of like I question why he would be chosen as the villain of this kind of movie. I just thought that was interesting. I've never heard of him being violent either. I feel like you can make a horror movie about anything at all. So they were just <laughs> yeah. like, you know what? What haven't we tried yet? Let's do a big one. I mean, they have, and they called it Night of the Demon. There you go. So this murder is hilarious. It's a young girl who saw her boyfriend brutally murdered. We get a flashback to the circumstances. Turns out they were in a van parked on an isolated road. And what were they doing in that van? Yeah, they were getting it on hard. 
It was like one of those creepy vans, though, like the white vans without windows. As opposed uh, to those uncreepy vans that all women want to have sex in? <laughs> I guess. Like, what, come on, I don't man. know. I know. But uh, so they're there. We've got the music really going. Um, they're they're getting down. So this is the first sort of nudity shot in the movie. And it happens pretty quickly. Like, it does, we're, yeah. We're like eight minutes in. And I guess it's a horror movie. So they got to keep the sort of nudity um, count up pretty high. Uh, I wanted to bring up that uh, there was a straight nipple in mouth uh, event. And this is third time i think in our podcast that this has happened and and i just bring it up because you very boldly claim that that never happens right? yeah like, i thought is... i'd never seen it before and i was proven <laughs> wrong and i've seen it again now so i don't know man i don't know so that, that's happening right. uh yeah. she's also she has giant hair like giant emblematic of the 70s this huge blown out hair on top or below we don't, we don't see <laughs> on the top of her head man <laughs> what are you bringing up uh, they're having sex i was just curious She's making uh, a whole bunch of like moaning noises as the guy is like licking her stomach. He's not <laughs> low enough to be doing anything that is making any sort of noises like that. No, and you can see both of his hands too. So yeah. she's just really into stomach play. Apparently, yeah. And th- while this is happening, she thinks she sees something at the window, and she's right. It rips open the van doors. It grabs the dude, and it mauls him like all over the roof of the van. She's looking up at the roof as it's making sounds. When this is all over, this guy, her gentleman lover's bloody hand and face just slides down this windshield. <laughs> so this is interesting. I mean, you know what's going to go wrong? Because even before you sort of see the Bigfoot or Sasquatch, you hear the theremin sounds and the space synth happen. The death scenes or the like Sasquatch scenes in this are so drawn out. She is literally sitting in that van for like five minutes screaming. And her screams, I thought, were almost exactly the same as her sex noises. They just, they were like, she sounded more into it. She sounded more into it. <laughs> they sounded the same, and she just yeah. kept doing it. She didn't react. She didn't try to get dressed, and like it was ridiculous. And it, it sort of this scene ends on her with her mouth wide open, frozen, 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 in and this really intense pupil zoom, like right into her eye, all the way there. I wanted to know, did she die of fear? Well, she wasn't moving. She, I, I, I thought we had a freeze frame for a second in the middle of the movie. It's not, though. She's just in there. You mentioned we get that intense zoom in on the eye, and from the center of her eye, we cut to Professor Nugent and his girlfriend. He's leaving for the trip soon. It turns out it's going to be just a few students going on this trip with him because the college has withdrawn their sanctions, and I wonder why. Well, I mean, they don't really want him going away with co-eds. They're right about the results of that or the bad press. But Yeah, I don't blame them. He looks like the exact kind of guy that would get in that trouble. <laughs> but clearly they don't believe in the Bigfoot story or the Sasquatch story. They're just like, what are you doing? Can you do some real anthropology? Well, what, what university really, though, is like, yes, a male professor on a sleepover in the woods with a bunch of his students. We'll sign off on that. Like, I mean, this was like late 70s, early 80s. I'm pretty sure that it was a little bit more likely back then. He's going anyway, and even his girlfriend calls him on it. Sure, it's not just an excuse to be alone in the woods with some student femme fatale. But really, she's just got a bad feeling about it. So he <laughs> for a while, and that puts her at ease. <laughs> How do you know that? He was joking with her, and he climbed under the blankets. Now, he certainly was headed towards the lower region of her body when he climbed under. He's going to lick her stomach like the guy in that van. Yeah, well, we, we know that that works, basically. This movie Absolutely. is teaching us that stomach lingus is the way to go. <laughs> <laughs> if you haven't tried it, everyone, that's, that's how you get your Oh, my gosh, going. man, that's funny. So uh, from there, we go to a boat. It's traveling down the river. There's a professor, the fisherman's daughter, and a few students, and some really creepy old dude watching them 
who looks a little bit like uh, Dick Van Dyke, <laughs> or what the professor is going to look like in about forty years. Like if you just age the professor, oh it is my really goodness. strange. I almost felt like the char- this character, and we're going to meet him shortly, the creepy guy in the woods. I almost felt like they did age him. Like, they dyed his hair and mustache gray. Like, he looked like he was the same age as the people in the movie, but they just grayed out his hair and stash. His skin was real smooth. He had young-looking yeah, skin. Yeah, he did not yeah. look like an old man. They were trying to make him look like this withered old guy who lives out in the cabin in the woods, and it was not pulling it off for me. It, it was weird, though. Like, we're getting really weird vibes here. They're traveling down the river. They got creepy people looking at them. It was feeling like it was going to go somewhere weird pretty quickly. And it kind of does, but it actually takes longer than I expected. They dock the boat. They go knock on this cabin door, but there's no answer. One of the students looks in and sees someone, and it's that creepy old guy. Mr. Carlson is his name. Turns out that he sent some letters about the various deaths and sightings. The professor wants to talk with him about this, but apparently he's got to go hunting right now. <laughs> yeah, it's weird. He, he grabs a shotgun. He kind of like brushes them all off, walks past them, and just leaves. For, like, the whole fucking day. Yeah. One of the students immediately calls bullshit on this because he's like, he didn't take anything except the shotgun. Like, he didn't take any kind of anything else that you would require for hunting if you're going to be gone for a while. So they think this is a scam. They decide to set up camp to wait for him. And in what is clearly a sign of the times, all of the male students and the professor are going to force this one female student to do all the cooking and cleaning. (laughs) It was so gendered. They said they brought her along to do that, and then she said she'd lied, and then she agrees like almost immediately to just do it. And you're just like, holy fuck, really? Yeah, what are they going to do, send her home? Like, come on, she's already there. Yeah, it was brutal. And, of course, she, instead of wanting to do the cleaning, wanted to just dance. Well, that's not a point in her favor, I don't think. There, There was no, yeah, there was no fucking, like, science or other things she was there for. She just wanted to dance and have yeah, a she's on Yeah, she's on a fun camping trip, and boy, does that go wrong for her. Uh Mr. Carlson comes back, but he still doesn't want to talk. He says, maybe in the morning. Elsewhere, we see a guy in a sleeping bag. It's not one of the students or one of the students. It's just a random guy in a sleeping bag in the middle of the woods. No tent. Yeah, so this is strange. So without preempting a Sasquatch memory, they go to one. And it's a man sleeping in a sleeping bag, but in the light. It's not night. It's like during the day. Hold on. You think this is a flashback? I assume this was just happening like at the same time just somewhere else. No. So this felt to me like a flashback, just the way that it the camera worked and where it was. And because it was light out and not dark out at the time, I kind of felt like this was a flashback that I don't know if the Bigfoot was having it or someone else was just sort of sensing this kind of event. But um, it didn't seem like this was happening in the time and place of the actual camping trip. This, for me, I don't know how you felt about it, but this was by far my favorite of the various uh, Bigfoot-related death scenes. This is fucking hilarious. <laughs> this one's good. It's not my favorite. We're going to get to my favorite stuff. I want to hear about that because this one, the guy's in the sleeping bag, the Sasquatch, Bigfoot, whatever you want to call it, picks up the end of the sleeping bag and starts swinging it around in a circle. Now... This guy, for some inexplicable reason, does not go for just flying out of the open end of the sleeping bag. He stays in <laughs> no. there as the Sasquatch yeah. spins it around and around and around. Then the Sasquatch lets it go. It goes flying through the air and right <laughs> onto a pointy branch yeah. that is sticking up of like a, like a down tree. It is a direct hit right through this dude's chest. Like, come on. This is the most absurd thing I've ever seen. Pure impales him. Right. Impales him center. upside down. Bullseye. Upside down. 
And he fucking gurgles out a death as blood like pours out of his body as he's impaled on there. As soon as the Sasquatch picked up the end of the sleeping bag, he would have slid out the other end. This makes no sense. This is the most ridiculous death scene I've ever seen. It was fucking spectacular. I mean, we learned throughout this movie that Sasquatch is like fucking amazing at killing. Like he's always got it on point. He's always doing what he wants to do. And he's a fucking machine at it. Like, everything that happened in here was because Sasquatch wanted it to. I'm just assuming he grabbed him by the ankles. Like, he grabbed through the sleeping bag onto the ankles and spun him around. Sasquatch knows what he's doing. And he even released it on the perfect angle to get him in the chest. That part is that part's absurd. It was so funny. It was really, really funny. Again, we were told that it was going to happen because there was that loud space sounds. As it the the synth warning out. sign of the Sasquatch. But... But it was really it was really hilarious. It was. Now, later that night, one of the students knocks on Mr. Carlson's door with a bottle of booze to kind of thank him for letting them camp there. Carlson invites him inside. Uh, they chat a little bit, and the student reveals that he doesn't actually believe the professor. He just needs extra credit. Now, Carlson says that the kid has no idea what he's talking about and points him towards a woman named Crazy Wanda. Now, interestingly, in this scene, despite saying he doesn't smoke... There are several cigar butts in an ashtray in Mr. Carlson's house. I think this student was sort of baiting him, right? He was trying to get some information. He brings him some liquor and he tells him that he doesn't care about this. But I, I think he actually is interested. And I think he kind of tried to get him to spill the beans. And it kind of works, right? Giving him some booze and telling him he doesn't care really gets that information that maybe something is going on here and they get that lead they need crazy wanda to your point the student is very interested once the guy mentions crazy wanda yeah and i think they then have sort of what they need to do right they decide to go into town and ask all they can about crazy wanda and figure out if that's their lead to finding bigfoot or sasquatch in these woods yeah and they get information pretty quickly the professor at the general store learns that crazy wanda lives all alone since her father mr mcginty a preacher died that she doesn't speak to anyone, and the only one who knows how to find her house is her. And apparently, she had a baby, a hideous, deformed baby. Didn't even look human. So, if you can't, if you can't see the connection to what's <laughs> going on here, I don't know. Yeah, this was really on the nose, right? Clearly, they're going to hit you in the face with sort of what's going to come next. You know that when it's a movie about a Bigfoot or Sasquatch, and we have a mongoloid their words baby that something's up here yeah they also mention that uh, father mcginty had a bunch of followers but there's some uh thought that maybe they are crazy and or cannibals and or inbred forest people uh sounds pretty uh weird for sure and we're gonna get more about them later you start thinking that there's some kind of like cultish connection here right like you're or you've got a very sort of strong preacher and a lot of followers and it seems pretty strange and as they are sort of wrapping up getting information from the people in the town, they decide that they're going to go look for her. And then they have this weird shot of the sheriff. Yeah, and he is smoking the exact same type of cigars that were in the ashtray in Mr. Carlson's cabin. So ah. it, it feels like he's going to play a pretty big role as we move forward in this movie. Well, and they make sure to hammer that home by really giving us a music cue that tells us, like, look at that. Guys, did you see this, the cigar? But he does not play a major role at all. Do we see him again even? We do, only in one scene that's like an occultist scene, and that's it. And he does nothing in it. They just sort of pan on him again. That sure seemed like big-time setup with absolutely zero payoff. It's strange. This movie kind of does that a few times, and they're really hammering you in the face with what's sort of to come, and then you don't get the sort of larger fun payoffs later. No, not at all. 
Uh, later, they are traveling further downriver when another creepy guy is watching them. <laughs> they set up camp and uh, make a fire. And the professor tells another tale of the Bigfoot, one of these death stories here. We cut to, oh, this one's your favorite, isn't it? <laughs> yes. Yeah, okay. So we cut to a lone motorcyclist who pulls off on a trail at the side of the road to take a piss. Now, <laughs> the, the, second, the second that he pulls his d*** out, the creature bursts through some bushes, picks him up by the d***. <laughs> we, we get this kind of like reverse shot of it's just the guy from behind he's getting picked up off the ground all of a sudden all this blood starts pouring down we see him stagger out of the bushes and his dick has been ripped off his body there's there's blood coming out of there lots of blood which he is clearly just squeezing out himself you see him like <laughs> squeezing something the low budget effects man and uh, uh he ends up bleeding to death on his motorcycle yeah that's it they find him dickless led to death <laughs> on his motorcycle um explain that one away um clearly the first guest would not be bigfoot took this guy's dick and ran away with no. it no why Bigfoot only tears off his dick and runs away is, is questionable. I don't know if he was no feeling sense. like was he feeling threatened by this guy's package or I'm not sure what happened, but uh Well, we see the package. This dude actually hangs dong. This is a yeah. like oh, full yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah full, full full frontal male nudity. Yeah, I was wondering if it was a stunt dick or if it was like real. <laughs> like I wasn't sure because they also show it ripped off as well. It did make me we don't see a lot of full dong in the movies we watch, but No, we uh, don't. Uh so you're saying welcome change of pace. I agree. This yeah. is uh, uh, well, yeah, for... it should be equitable. We see a lot of breasts, so I think we should at least see. That was my point when we watched Motorcycle Maniacs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, why aren't we seeing yeah other things as well? We saw a lot of JVD when we watched uh, <laughs> That's Blood true. Sport, right? But It was uh, all covered, though. I, th- I still think he was stuffing. Anyway, <laughs> so later on, they are walking through the woods, the professor and the students, and they find these followers of Father McGinty. It's some sort of cult worship session. There is a raging fire. There's a woman tied to a bed and some sort of effigy of a demon creature. It's clearly the Bigfoot type creature. I think they wake up like they they kind of had set up their camp and they go to bed, but they wake up because they hear noises. They hear certain like chants and ceremonies and the professor and sort of his right hand student decide to go take a look and they bring a gun and you're right. They, They get to this clearing and they see an effigy, this big sort of wooden statue of a Bigfoot. And they see a woman on a table and then a naked man about to sort of rape her with all these other men around. You're chanting. literally going to do that. Aren't we? We yeah. Oh, yeah. Sort so, of, sorry. Yeah. He's climbing on top of her about to rape her. Um, and so the professor does what? The professor fires off a few shots and these people scatter, which I have to believe like they also have guns, right? Like, why are they running away? It's their, this is their home turf. It was really weird, right? Because one of them they clearly show is the sheriff that they like had spent all this time on before who like does nothing he doesn't like i assume he has a gun i assume he knows how to use it if he's the sheriff but he's gone somehow a thing of gas falls over and it lights on fire and then lights up the effigy they all just fucking scatter um and what was weird to me too is the professor and his buddy don't try to go help the woman like they're just fucking peace after as well like they don't get threatened by these people and they peace and they don't even try to go check on the woman who was raped yeah it's very strange and i guess like maybe they're just there for the science because they take this effigy as proof that they are onto something right the fact that this is like exactly the kind of creatures being described they think this is proof there's something out here for sure now we get a fake out scene right now 
where the professor is sleeping in his tent, and all of a sudden the creature breaks into the tent, rips his throat out, but it, it turns out this is all a bad dream. It's the professor's girlfriend. She's at home kind of tossing and turning. And this was just to fake us out and make us think he was going to die? Yeah, it was weird. I guess that was the point of it. I don't know if this was padding, right? If we're talking about Cooper padding, this could have been one of those scenes. It was strange because you don't see her again the rest of the movie. No, I know. This is another character where it's setting her up. And like a- after this scene, I kind of at first I thought she was gone. I'm like, we're not going to see her again. They left. But then when this scene popped up, I'm like, okay, now we're going to see her later on. Maybe she comes to kind of rescue him, something. She's concerned. We never see her again. We don't see her in the hospital at the start. Or at the end. Like, why is she not there trying to, like, advocate or help him? Good question. I can only assume she thinks that he's a murderer because he came back and all his students are dead. I don't know. That's a good point, though. Um, Now, the next morning, the boat is gone. Yeah, they wake up and shit. They can't escape. No, the post it was tied to has been ripped out of the ground. Now, what could have done that? Something huge, like an elephant. (laughs) Come on, guys. (laughs) I wrote that down, too. You know what you're there looking for. Like, come on. Yeah. Why did you jump to well, And then they immediately find a footprint that they go make a cast of. Well, unfortunately, they find this footprint, which is great. But in the bad news department, they realize that the radio they had and all of their ammunition for their guns was on the boat and are now gone. Yeah. Um, that part made me angry. I was just, it was so convenient, and the guy told it to us in the most nonchalant way. Yeah. And we're just like, it's very really? convenient. Okay, yeah, yeah uh-huh. And and then they're talking about tracking the sort of footprints, and they, they realize that sort of Bigfoot used the water so he couldn't be followed anymore, and they're like, oh, is he smart? They're trying to sort of yeah, figure out the intelligence of the creature that they're up against now. Yeah, we see later he's very smart. Later on that night around the fire, they analyze this footprint. They're discussing what it could possibly mean, the different, you know, pressure points and how this indicates something that's more kind of a humanoid in nature than your typical animal. They're really starting to believe this thing. While this is going on, one of the students uh, makes a move on the fisherman's daughter. They're playing chess together. He tells her that he wants to take her to Hawaii and sparks fly as they touch fingers over one of the chess pieces. (laughs) Yeah, there's some cheesy lines here. It's kind of funny. What I found weird was this This is happening, and then immediately after they make a connection, they transition to two of the students who are along with them fucking boning. Yeah, you'd think it would be those two, right? Like, we jump from there to them. No, no, no. We cut to some other students where some sparks are really flying. I wondered if maybe the two there sort of contractually weren't willing to show their bodies. And so they decided to go with two other actors. I was like, why did this choice doesn't make sense at all? These two had just thrown down the lines and were like making a love connection. And then you show two other actors sort of boning down. Dude, I can't believe in a movie this low budget that they would have hired any actors who weren't willing to do whatever. <laughs> that weren't willing I to just don't think show. It's possible. No. Just hang dong or show everything. They'd be like, we're paying you like 50 bucks a day. Like, you're kidding me? Get the fuck out of here. We have someone else in here for this. Now, these two are really getting down. And all of a sudden, we get the creature view again. It comes out and claws the dude right down his back, which I'm pretty sure the creature doing that causes him to orgasm like right there. He has the biggest orgasm of his entire life. <laughs> like he has never come like that in his life. Like he he just lets it go and you see his O face. He rears, um, he rears up and he's got this like weird like pleasure pain moan yeah no the man is never going to be able to enjoy sex again like he's never going to be able to come like that in his entire life he is ruined for life all right you got to rein it in (laughs) here's what i want to know why doesn't this thing kill them 
It just so, scratches this dude, makes him climax, and runs what's off. What's really weird because you start to think in some way that the the Sasquatch doesn't like people having sex, right? Like it takes out those people in the van. It takes out the guy who takes out his dick. Maybe he thinks he's trying to off like in the woods there. <laughs> like I feel like I feel like Sasquatch is not a fan of coitus. Like if he's not having it, it's not okay if others are. Is what I'm starting to interpret from coitus. this movie. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's anti-coitus. Sasquatch is anti-coitus. It's probably because of the religious connection that we're going to find out about later. Or, may, or maybe I'm just being very generous. Anyway, it doesn't kill them for some insane reason. And the girl screams. Everyone comes running. This is more proof that they're getting closer. Now, the next day, the search for crazy Wanda continues. And after a lengthy hike, they find Father McGinty's cabin. It's got bars on the window and graves on the lawn. Um, the professor knocks at the door and a super creepy woman kind of like opens one of those things where you can see through like, not a people, but you can see your whole face through there. And she puts a face in the door. Uh, this is like the first legitimately creepy part of this movie. Yeah. She is fucked up and scary, right? The cabin and she is really weird. They also have this really like almost circus like childhood music go on when she appears on screen it's borderline romantic it's it's romantic creepy like yeah. it is probably the thing that made me the most fearful in the entire watch of this movie is that strange music when wanda is introduced and it comes back a couple times and it's clearly the music sort sort of like brings back the pain that she's felt i guess well you know what will help make that pain go away though this professor gives her some candy we found out earlier when he was talking to the general store owner that she really likes candy just buys candy all the time so he gives her a little and she opens the door we get that kind of like creepy romantic music and as they're walking in this house they realize that this is the woman they saw at that cult ceremony she's the one who was about to get violated by one of i guess it was her father's followers so what's going on with that that's very strange it doesn't get explained. Like, the really, really hard part about this movie is we never fucking find out anything else about that cult or the things that are happening in there. Like, was there a plan to explain that shit and it just didn't happen? Or did they just decide, like, oh, we got to an hour and 30 minutes and we're just fucking good. Like, this is done. I think I think, I think, think it's what you said. I think it's just there to be, like, a creepy scene just to, like, add another element of scariness to this, right? And it certainly is creepy. They ask her a whole bunch of questions but get no reaction at all until one of the students shows her the mold they took or made of this footprint, and she freaks out. What I don't understand is, so she freaks out, she shoves it and pushes it, and it smashes, right? And it, it makes you feel like she's afraid of the Sasquatch. Is that true? Oh, no. Not at all. Yeah, not even a little bit. We'll get into that more. So I didn't really sort of understand that scene. Yeah, it's weird. Um. But, I mean, it causes them to leave her house, and they decide to camp on the lawn as the professor tells another one of these Sasquatch death stories. This one is about a woodsman. He's like a lumberjack. He's chopping some wood alone. He puts his axe down to wipe his brow because, you know, chopping wood is hard work. And the creature (laughs) attacks. It grabs the axe and chops him right in the shoulder. We get a side view, so the axe comes down like behind the guy. You can't you can't see that it's hitting him, but you also can't see that it's not. It's clearly not hitting him, but just my god, <laughs> this is like so amateurish. I uh, laughed out loud. So I don't know. It's funny because um, I felt like a lot of the death scenes they didn't try to overdo it. Like I felt like having a giant slashes in his neck that blood was coming out of, or his shoulder that blood was coming out of, was better than trying to like have the Sasquatch like chop his head off. Like, I felt like they tried to keep it simple. Oh, my God. Well, no, because it, it, it's, it's a budget and, like, talent limitation thing. They're just, like, there's only <laughs> one way you can make the axe come down. 
have them stand to the side. We'll film them from the side. Put the axe down like on the other side of him. It'll look like it hit him because, you know, the camera won't see where the axe goes. If we play a theremin really loud while it's happening, everyone's going to buy in. It's fine. Yeah, man. So, like you were saying earlier, this gets him in the shoulder, and he just immediately collapses. Doesn't run, whatever. He's like, falls in the ground, and he's laying there basically dead, but in case there's any confusion, the creature finishes him off by axing him in the head multiple times. Well, now, it, it's like our guy with the arm ripoff and the dick ripoff. They both just died instantly, right? Like, there's no coming <laughs> back from a Sasquatch attack. Like, if Sasquatch touches you, you're fucked. I guess so. Now, you'll never believe it. Conveniently, for us, I mean, watching this movie... This attack happened in the exact same spot where two Girl Scouts went missing. We're getting a bonus <laughs> round of death stories here. a double recount of death? Oh, it's great. And now I got to say, these two Girl Scouts who are both like 35 years old. I wrote down cougars in Girl Scout yeah, outfits. Exactly. <laughs> for, yeah. uh, they're walking around. They're lost. For some reason, they each have a large knife with them. Yeah. Who hikes with a large knife out? If you tumble... With a knife out, it is not a good scene. Which almost happens because we get that heavy synth sound, which can only mean one thing. It's another creature attack. Now, they run, and they're running, they're running, and all of a sudden, they run, like, right into the Sasquatch. So, I don't know if they ran in a circle, or I don't know if it just, like... Sasquatch is just super fucking fast, man. I guess so, like, man. He, he did a circle of them and got back to where they were going to end up. This might be the worst death scene out of oh all. Oh, my time. God. It's ridiculous. He grabs them each by the arm that is holding, like, the knife. And then he kind of pulls them, uh, like, towards each other over and over again. And so they end up stabbing each other. Like, as he's pulling them closer, he's making them stab each other. This is just yeah. incredible. This is so fucked up. This is like when you have a smaller sibling and you're, like, take their arm and make them hit themselves. And you say, stop hitting yourself. He does this with these two girl scouts and he makes them stab each other to death it was really weird i didn't i don't know why this one was in there only because they thought it would be fun to like create this scene because they thought it would be gruesome i wasn't sure and it was fun like i was laughing the whole time this <laughs> oh is one God, of the most I ridiculous so things uh, we had more roaring i think in this scene than we had in any others before too they're really sort of trying to flex their bigfoot roar muscle here yeah, uh, I just have to say, the deaths in this have been so hilarious so far. This is why I'm saying the, the tonal shift as we get to the end of this movie is so drastic. Because right now, this is like ridiculous. We're having fun. We're laughing. It should have just been funny. Shit. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Yeah, they changed lanes really quickly. Um, later that night, one of the students gets the bright idea to go into Crazy Wanda's house and steal an old shotgun he saw in there. Now he gets it, and back outside, he hears a sound. Which, of course, he decides to investigate uh, by himself, wandering out in the middle of the woods. And uh, now we get one of the irony deaths in this movie because the creature sneaks up on him and smashes his head into a tree. And when he does, the gun goes off. We get this, like, super cheesy animation-style orange flame explosion when the gun goes off. It does not look anything like anything real at all, let alone what would happen if a gun went off. Yeah, it's interesting. They use this sort of, like coloring of the film later to show when the guy's face is getting burned right when the heat's going into him from the oven but it does not pull off any kind of realistic like impact or gunshot after this happens the creature drags his body away the professor and the rest of the students try to find him but they lose the trail but on the walk looking for the missing student the professor has an idea he wants to hypnotize crazy wanda where the fuck did hypnotism come from i don't know and why you said this when we were watching it why does he know how to do this yeah why would an anthropology professor be an expert in hypnotism i don't know man this is really strange so they, they try to hypnotize her and does it work 
not the first time. No, no, it doesn't. So what do they decide to do? Well, there's a locked room in this house that they have not been able to get in thus far. So after trying and failing to hypnotize her, the professor decides, fuck it, let's just break into this room. Yeah, he's like, do you have a fucking uh, screwdriver? And he breaks the lock and they go into this room, which is clearly going to be traumatizing to Wanda. Right? They don't give a fuck about her. Like, I don't know where their fucking sort of ethics are in terms of this. Academic ethics are out the window on this fucking hunt. No, he's all about discovering the knowledge now. Yeah, and so they're so they're they're heading into this room, and this room is going to bring back a lot of memories. Yeah, it's kind of like, it's been preserved almost, well, except for all the massive cobwebs, but it's clearly been untouched for a long time. This is essentially, uh, one of them refers to it as like a shrine. Um, there's all these religious pictures around. There's crosses. There's, you know... Uh, like a four-post bed kind of thing. Wanda f- immediately starts freaking out. She's freaking out. We hear her speak for the first time. She's my baby, my baby, which she's never talked before. As you mentioned, very traumatic. They pull her out of there, and they decide to go for hypnotism round two. But this time, it actually works. Yeah, someone who hasn't spoken in like a decade is now back. She's ready. I guess hypnotism will do that for you. I guess. He gets her to remember what it was like when she was a 15-year-old girl we kind of see her sitting with this boy on the side of a creek. And then we get a sudden cut to a very angry Father McGinty. This scene is like hard to watch. It's really rough. Like they're out on the front porch and he's sweating and screaming at her and swearing at her and smoking her with a belt. And all she did was receive a thing of flowers from a boy. And this was just way too much for him. It's strange. We went from this like horror movie about a killer Sasquatch uh, to this place where we now have the villain as a preacher abusing his daughter. Yeah, and I like you know what doesn't help make this any easier to watch is how bad an actor this guy is. He is really bad. Yeah, it, it's awful. He's sweating. He's overacting, and it's horrible. So. He's so mad at her because she sat down and had a conversation with the boy who gave her flowers that he kicks her out of the cabin. Yeah, and again, here's more irony for you. He kicks her out of the cabin, and she's alone by herself in the woods. We kind of see her outside the house. And who should appear but the creature? She sees it, tries to run, but it catches her. And uh, what does he do? Take it away, Noel. (laughs) Well, first of all, they're building sort of this scene up by showing all of these shots of lightning above in the sky so they're really trying to show that it's a stormy night and things are going to go down bigfoot captures her and gets on top of her and he proceeds to like have sex with a woman um we kind of knew this was coming because we heard of the baby that was born earlier in the movie like they they really sort of give this one away you know something like this is going to come along I had really hoped it was going to be consensual. It was not. It was not. I was not I was not really ready for that. So he rapes her. While it's happening, the preacher comes out of the house with a shotgun and sees it. He actually shoots Bigfoot and he runs away. Yeah, he gets him. This is the first time we actually get a really good look at the uh, the creature and the costume is so bad. Awful. Like we saw way back when we watched Swamp Thing. The costume in Swamp Thing is really, really terrible. This is even worse than that. Like this, it's worse. Yeah. Oh, definitely worse. Like the big bad costume in this is awful. It looks like somebody has sort of shredded old carpets and glued them onto a human. The face makeup's really bad too. It looks like a really bad David Bowie in Labyrinth. Like I, I, that's sort of like the wig and other appearance is really, really rough. And you see far too much of it as this sort of weird scenes going down. Um, so the preacher shoots him and he runs away. Yeah, but the damage has already been done because yeah, now what happens to the daughter? She's pregnant. 
and Father McGinty is not pleased. He's praying for God to, in his words, kill that evil thing growing inside her and take the girl too, if it be thy will. He might even try to like cause a miscarriage. It's not clear. He's trying to like make her drink something. And no, he also... definitely does. He tries to he tries to make her ingest poison to make her not have the baby. She spits it out. Yeah, this doesn't work. Um, we see her later in labor, and she's giving birth to something gruesome. And the father takes it and holds it up to the camera. And yeah, it is really gross. It makes almost like I thought it was like ape type sounds when it was born. It was weird. Like they they made the choice to make it make ape sounds rather than humanish sounds. I kind of wish they made it more humanoid because it is so humanoid in terms of the shape and all of the actions of this thing. Like we know that it has sexual needs. We know that it is shaped in very much like a human just hairy and slightly larger i i was surprised they made it have ape sounds when it was born i don't i don't know what to say about it really it's it's like again it looks so gross and now we go back to the non-flashback portion of this where the professor and the students uh they debate whether or not the creature could possibly be her baby but you know how if father mcginty killed it when it was born there's only one way to find out what's going on they decide to dig up the grave so they do they find a tiny coffin and inside it is what looks like a like a deer skull. It is straight up a deer skull in a box. For movie purposes, it's supposed to tell us that that deer skull is the Sasquatch baby. But it's like definitely not. They're, no, they're it's just a skull. Us. There's like, like one it's bone not, in there. It's not well done. It's not well done. If anyone has ever seen a deer skull, they're like, well, that's a deer in a box. But not even a whole deer, just the skull. Yeah, and it, it is strange. So they dig it up, and they pull it out, and they see this, and they confirm it is the Sasquatch baby. And what happens? Well, you know who doesn't like them digging up that grave? The creature. It attacks them. They run into the house. They're trapped now. And while they are trapped, Wanda gives them more information. She says the creature likes her, and he brings her gifts. They have different things. It's kind of dropped off outside her door. Mentions that her father's followers are crazy, and that her father didn't kill himself, which is the rumor going around. It turns out that she killed him. We get an immediate flashback to her father being burned alive. And this movie, again, got real dark real fast. Yeah. We are but, so far away from like the hilarious dick ripping of only 40 minutes ago. You're right. So it goes really dark here. We get these weird like religious and we get the sort of like rape and like child with a Bigfoot kind of scene. But very quickly, we get back into kind of the hilarity of the horror Bigfoot murderer stuff. Well, yeah, the creature is outside and it is not leaving. But they need to leave soon because the guy with the back scratch, he needs medical care. Now, the creature, apparently this whole time, has been carrying around the guy who got the uh, shotgun blast to the face earlier, and it hangs him up outside of the front door, which uh, causes them to open the door and grab him. But for some reason, the creature does not attack when they open the door and like pull the body in. It waits till they're safely back in the house, and then it's just trying to break through the windows that have bars in them. Like, what? <laughs> yeah, this part's kind of funny. Um, I, they kind of suggest that he's trying to make a trade. Like, I think... They think that he wants Wanda. Um, and, and from what I can glean from the movie, Wanda, although she was raped by him, does have feelings for this Sasquatch, right? Like, it was the father of her baby who was murdered by her father. And it has been bringing her gifts, like, her entire life. Like, she feels connected to him and is not worried or scared about him. Um, the people inside the cabin should be. Oh, yeah. Um, so he's pounding on the windows. The professor says the bars aren't going to hold. And he's right, because very soon 
the Bigfoot Sasquatch, whatever, rips one of the bars off the windows, and now he's in the house. They try to run, and they do, but unfortunately, the fisherman's daughter doesn't make it. He grabs her and immediately kills her. The rest of them run into a room that only has one door and close it, so now they're just hoping that this creature can't break through the door. This room hadn't been seen before in the cabin, and it seems to be sort of like the kitchen slash garage slash storage area. Well, I'll tell you what it becomes. It becomes the goddamn kill zone because there's (laughs) no way out, and he breaks that door down immediately and just starts slaughtering them. He throws one guy on top of like one of those giant like logger saws. (laughs) Oh, God. This one's graphic. So he goes down on this saw. The guy hits it like right with his abdomen, and it tears him open. Just a little bit, though. Just a little bit. Just enough. And instead of like leaving the guy to bleed out, the Sasquatch grabs his fucking intestines and rips it right out of his body. It was gruesome. I was. That was the most like horrific kill of all of them. Like that could have been like a legitimate horror movie kill. Not the penis tear off. That <laughs> not, was not, <laughs> not so much. So that happens. That happens to that guy. A different student. The Sasquatch smashes his head through a window and then like grinds his throat along the broken glass until it like slits the dude's throat that one was gruesome it took way longer than i would have expected to end that guy on the broken glass this was kind of like the professor's second in command too and you're like oh well he's done now that's the end of him uh the other female student gets a pitchfork through the back and that uh, just leaves the professor and we already know what happens to him but we get to see it here he gets his face burned on the hot stove and like you mentioned we get those like terrible color effects where it's the burning Yeah, they make his face kind of go red and then it sort of like goes black and you're supposed to see that his face is burned off. I don't know if the Bigfoot um, had thought he killed him and left him alive. Like, I'm not sure why he gets out of there alive. Yeah, they don't really explain how. He just says he he remembers walking through the woods. We're back to present day now and he's kind of wrapping this up. He um, tells the inspector that, you know, that that's it. It's really going to find that creature. But the way this movie ends, they basically decide, oh, this motherfucker's crazy. Yeah, it's... It's really hilarious. They're also deadpan. He's deadpan the entire time. He's not scared or excited or riled about any of the story that happens here. But the investigators and the doctors are like, yeah, let's just fucking give him some drugs, chill him out. And yeah, he's criminally insane. So this is my theory, though. Do you want to know why they think he's crazy? Because he's so deadpan. He does not convey the emotions. Someone's been through this. They're like, oh, this fucking guy killed these people. They think he's nuts. Because he doesn't sell it because he's the bad actor. (laughs) So you think if he was like emotional and he was a good actor at this point, they would have believed that all of this could have been. Yes. Did you believe him? Did you believe his performance? No, 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 I definitely didn't. I saw all the shots of everything that happened and I would have deemed him criminally insane. (laughs) Absolutely, man. And that's pretty much it. Like we get a fade to red, not to black. They fade to red. We get more demon sounds and then we've got the credits. And uh, yeah, man, like this was just, again, it's such a, such a, it's like a tale of two movies for me. So uh, we'll get into whether you agree with this or not, I guess, in a second, because we've reached the point where we rate the movie and the way we do this every week. Uh, we rate it on a scale of 1 to 10. We do it twice. 1 to 10 for how bad it is. 1 to 10 for how enjoyable it is. And we're hoping to find a movie that is 10 out of 10 on both scales, or as we call it, the Crit 20. 20, 20, 20, 20. And uh, I will go first for how bad this movie is. I'm going to tell you right now, it's in play because this movie is 10 out of 10 bad. It is really bad, man. Like, the acting is terrible. The production values are terrible. It's low budget. The special effects are shitty. The music is shitty. Um, the plot is like borderline nonsensical for me this is just like checks all the boxes on what a bad movie is 
Uh, 10 out of 10 for me. It's real bad. What do you think? It's absolutely 10 out of 10 bad. There's no other, <laughs> there is no other place to go with this movie. The, the effects, the acting, the sound, the music, the everything leads me to this being a piece of shit film. It is a 10 out of 10 bad. <laughs> like, I can't go anywhere else. I don't think there was any doubt. If you've seen it, you know it. It's a 10 out of 10 bad. That doesn't mean it's not a fun ride. Well, we're going to get to that right now, though, because now you need to tell everyone how enjoyable we agree. It's a piece of shit, but how enjoyable. On a scale of 1 to 10, how much fun did you have watching this movie? So this is the second time I've seen this movie. The first time with our friends from All We Need is Sleaze. So um, I had a lot of fun watching it both times, which is interesting, right? Like I've got to watch it twice and I laugh my ass off. Mostly I'm laughing at the ridiculous Sasquatch gross-out kills. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, some of the absurdity of the plot points are there, too. I really struggled with the weird Father McGinty religious like Sasquatch rape scene. Like that one I struggled with. I'm not sure why Sasquatch sort of hates sex so much and murders all the people who are making love around him or masturbating in the woods. <laughs> it's not what the guy was doing <laughs> to pee. Um, but I, I, I struggle with that part. It's not going to get a 10, so we're the crit 20s is not in play for me. I'm sorry. I, I'm not there with it. Should should you watch it if you enjoy uh, this kind of movie? Definitely. It's worth it. It's confusing because it's called Night of the Demons and it's a Sasquatch murder movie. I think for enjoyability, I'm going to give it a seven. So I, I don't know about you, like 45 minutes into this movie, I'm like, this is going to be a fucking crit 20. Like they, this is hilariously bad. I'm laughing my ass off around the time. I like the dick rip. I'm like, they've done it. Like, this is going to be it. <laughs> it's in. I'm like, if they, if they just stick the landing, I am enjoying the hell out of this. And then right around the time, like you mentioned, when we get to like the the father McGinty whipping her with the belt and the Sasquatch rape scene, that's where I'm like, ooh, and it just became like I think it got, got darker and darker, and like that really impacted my ability to enjoy it. That's the point where I'm like, well, it's not a ten anymore, and I'm like, well, okay, now it's a nine. Like then they kept doing like now it's an eight, and I'm also landing on it's a seven for enjoyable. They had me, and I thought it was gonna happen, and they just it, they went too. Yeah, dark. the tone the tone changes in a strange way. There's too many weird loose ends, too, in terms of things that they create that seem important but never go anywhere. Yeah, good point. Good point. Like If, if those two things were cleaned up for me, I, I think we would be much closer to that crit 20 for sure. But I think I think a 10 and a 7 is fair. A 17 is still a high score for B&B. Man, they had it. They had it, though. Yeah, they were so close. All right, what about the beer? You know what, man? I enjoyed it. You were right. I enjoyed it. It's an amber lager. You know, clean, crisp, drinkable. And I had never had this one before. I think this is actually like, a, I think it's like a fall seasonal. So this is kind of for us, like leftover from uh, a few months ago. But keep an eye out for this around September. If you don't like IPAs, uh, it's it's good. If you do <laughs> like IPAs, what did you think? Yeah. No, it 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 was a delicious beer. It's uh, amber lager, so definitely a bit darker, uh, way more malty, but also very caramel flavored, right? It, it had that sort of um, fall caramely beer flavor, which I, I do really enjoy. Uh, if you're ever out in the Ottawa area near Van Leek, Ontario, definitely go check out this place. They brew all kinds of different stuff, but definitely known for some of the lagers they make. But they can make some pretty creative sours and uh, IPAs as well. And yeah, again, like pretty tasty, pretty enjoyable. Well, I think that'll just about do it for Night of the Demon. Next week, we're going to go a little more lighthearted. Uh, we're going to go with some sort of, uh, I guess it was meant to be kind of a comedy, kind of a sci-fi 
We're doing Mars Attacks next week. Isn't that is a comedy movie, isn't it? I I I remember ads from this and I think pieces of it, but I don't think I've ever watched Mars Attacks all the way through. Man, it was one of those things where I was really high on Tim Burton at the time, super stoked on Tim Burton, and I was so excited for it. I got all revved up, saw it opening night. It's a Tim Burton movie. It is a Tim Burton movie, and it's star studded. You are in for a treat next week. I am excited for this Mars Attacks. That sounds fun. I I can't wait to see what beer we pair with that as well. So that'll be next week. Uh, until then, you can find us on social media at the BMB podcast on Twitter and Instagram and if you want to send us any recommendations you can sort of send those to the DMs on our social media or send us an email at the BMB podcast at gmail.com yeah we always love hearing from you love getting requests like this one thanks again to Joseph for this one good times yes thank you Joseph we appreciate you listening I'm Nolan I'm Cooper and we'll see you next time on Bad Movies and Beer keep it squatchy <laughs> The ultimate horror has been conceived during the Night of the Demons.